about that we had a uh, busy couple months between the two of us uh spent some holiday time together took a couple trips um but we're back now we've still been betting we've still been active on the twitter so hopefully you guys have been checking that out we've been doling out winning picks every night last night we want to combine three and one on the twitter burke one and one split his college picks i survived two and oh in my nba picks uh on the twitter account so go follow that if you're not already uh but most importantly since our hiatus burke got a new hat what's up yeah, it's a nice little uh, Christmas gift that I got, and uh, hopefully it'll bring some uh, better luck for me, uh, especially with my NFL picks, because if you all have been following along, um, they have not been going great the last several weeks, and I am significantly under 500. Um, but... <laughs> bit, of, bit of an understatement. I don't, I don't want to talk down my co-host, but 0-9, man, last three weeks. Come on. Nah, I think I snuck one in there two weeks ago. Um, I don't think it's truly 0-9, but it's, it's pretty close. Um, it hasn't been great, but again, I want to revert back to what I said in episode one. I have no shame in people fading my picks, and if you had faded me from the start, you'd be doing pretty well. He did say that, in fairness, in episode one. He said you might want to consider fading all his picks for the year. Uh, so if you did that, and you faded him, and you tailed me, you are like dominating, because um, I'm well above the 52.4 threshold. Uh, I think I'm at like 68% or something, 67% with my locks. Um, so I'm somewhere in the 60s or 70s, depending on how this week goes for the season, which is just crazy. That, that's like awesome for me. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Um, but if you, if you know what you need to profit gambling, because we're trying to do this long term, we're trying to make money off this. We're not trying to, you know, win these parlays every night and, you know, get rich on dreams. We're trying to get rich on money here. So if you're trying to get rich on money, you try to beat 52.4%. So that 52.4% is the amount of bets you need to win to clear a profit given a standard VIG of 110. So that means all the bets that say minus 110 next to them, if you win 52.4% of that, you win a little bit of money. So if you're anywhere above that, typically what the you know pro gamblers will shoot for is somewhere between like, like 60% is really good. That's a hell of a season. So 70%, and I know I'm only picking three a week, but still, uh, it's significant to be 70% on that too. And we do picks like in our, our Fantasy League Discord too. I think next year we should expand this and we should pick every game every week. And that way we can have a little more accurate record, but also make like three of our locks and like our best bets. And that way we can have a little um, confidence pool as well. But off in the Discord, I'm like 63, 64% too. And that's like eight to 10 picks a week. So it's been a pretty good NFL season for me. And unfortunately, it's almost over. And it's weird to think that we, it's not over. Because usually right now, it is over. And we're watching these wild card games coming out of New Year's. But we have an extra week this year. I don't like it. I feel like we should be over. Yeah, I think it's going to be really tough to pick some games this week. Because a lot of the uh, uh, playoff spots are already taken up. I think there's only two spots left that are really up in the air. Uh, I believe it's one in the NFC and one in the AFC. Um, so a lot of these teams are going to be resting some of their starters, knowing that uh, win or lose this week, uh, seating may not change so much. 
Um, so it's going to be difficult to really predict if you're going to be betting with starters or with their backups, which uh, could really throw the line one way or the other. Yeah, and that's, that's why you got to be careful this week. And, and I have said for years that the last month of the NFL season is the easiest month to make money on. Number one, because a lot of people have just tuned out and they've stopped betting and these lines get worse and it's easier to make money. So I, I think the last month of the season is sometime we should be really active and I have been really active. But number two, people are backing the wrong team. So people will bet Green Bay. People will bet Dallas for, without checking two things. Number one, like last week, that cards line, I, I wish that we conversed about this because I picked the cards and you picked the Cowboys in our locks. I, I could have told you, I would have bet the house that the cards were covering that six. I didn't know if they'd win outright, but that six was wrong because the public loves Dallas and they're betting them down the stretch, even though they have no business covering that game. And number two, I bet you you find a lot of people betting the Packers this week because it's only minus two and a half against the Lions. They don't even know that Rodgers may or may not play. They don't even know that Adams may or may not play, right? People are just betting these lines blindly because the majority of people don't do their homework like we do. So I think it's very easy to profit this week. But like you said, you have to pick your spots. I'm not betting these games that mean nothing to both teams. I'm not betting like the Eagles and the Washington football team. I think they're favored by seven. Is that the game even? I don't know. It's not the Eagles. It's, uh, it's the Giants in the, in the football team. No, but also, the, also right now the Cowboys and the Eagles, the Cowboys are seven-point favorites on the road against Philadelphia. Well, and that's a weird one too because, you know, I don't, it matters to the Cowboys in sense of seeding, but also they could win or lose and end up in the same spot depending on what happens to like the Rams and the, and the Bucks and like two other teams, you know what I mean? And the Eagles are already in. So they're going to make the playoffs. And if they win, I think they get the sixth seed because they hold a tiebreaker somehow over the No, the I, I don't even they, – they, they have a chance to win the sixth seed, but I think they need some help in order to get there along with just winning the game. So the Niners have to lose, and they have to win, and I think that's it. Yeah, I believe so. And the Saints, I think they still have a chance. The Saints to... can get in because they hold a tiebreaker over the 49ers. So if the Saints win and the Niners lose and the Eagles lose – the Eagles and the Saints hold that tiebreaker for 6-7, and that's gotcha. how it would shake out. If the Niners win, they become the seven seed, and the Eagles then, if they win, they're the seven seed, Niners move up. I, I'm confusing myself even talking about this, but <laughs> it'll be a lot more clear in like four days. But that being said, we're going to look at a couple games that do have direct playoff implication, uh, and we're going to start with the Saturday game. First game on the slate, Chiefs-Broncos. Uh, where is this game? I think in – Arrowhead? No, it's in it's in Denver. Um, so I don't know if that affects the total at all. I'm not playing a side in the total. It's 44 and a half. The look ahead line on this game, so the look ahead is before these last week's games shaked out, was Kansas City minus three. It's currently 10 and a half. So the Chiefs are laying 10 and a half on the road. And the reason being, since this is the first game, the Chiefs in theory still have a shot at the one seed. If they win and the Titans lose, they can be the one seed. So the Chiefs are going to play this game with all they have because that one seed is huge. Cause remember it's the only buy this year. You only get one buy, which is huge for the winners of that. The NFC is locked up. The Packers have it, but in the AFC, the chiefs and, and Titans still have a good shot at it. Uh, according to some research that I did, that could be totally wrong. The chiefs have a 20% shot at the one seed, uh, but they'll have no control over it. Essentially. If they win, the Titans still have to lose. Uh, I love the chiefs in the spot because of everything I just said. And the fact that drew locks on the other end of the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Chiefs have been playing some of the best football of the last month. Um, really turned turn the ship around on their end. 
Uh, Denver's been struggling as well. Um, and I, I think the, the Chiefs are going to win this game pretty pretty handily. I know we were incorrect on our picks last week. That was the only lock that we both yeah, agreed we both on. Of course, that that's, of course, the way I've been betting games, you should have <laughs> known automatically it would have been an L. Um, but I think the Chiefs do take care of business in Denver, and it's, it's going to be a waiting game for them on Sunday um, to see what the Titans do against the Texans. Yeah, and, and I mean, do the Titans lose to the Texans? Probably not. Uh, but they could, right? Like they could, they could now they could, I I don't think it'll happen, but that's, I don't like this game being first because the chiefs won't know, right? Like they have to play this game. Like they're going to win. And I think that's a huge disadvantage to them because the Titans are probably going to win anyway. And so the chiefs are now screwed into playing Mahomes an extra week that he probably doesn't have to play. They could. Right. And especially if that happens too, if, uh, say the Chiefs somehow lose the game on Saturday. Derrick Henry, I believe he's being – he's coming off of IR this week, so he has a chance to play on no, Sunday. Could, yeah. They would, they would automatically rest him, and that line for uh, Texans and Titans would definitely well, – he's not, he's not playing Sunday anyway, I wouldn't imagine. There, I, I don't, don't think there's a chance, especially with them with a shot at a bye. Well, it, if, if the Chiefs win, they have to win. Yeah, but I mean, do they need Derrick Henry to beat the Texans? If they do, then they don't deserve the one seed anyway, man. I, I guess. I guess. I, right. I don't think there's a chance he plays on Sunday. Now, there is a good chance that he plays the divisional round because if they secure that bye, that's two extra weeks rest for him, and he could I certainly be back. I think he would definitely play the divisional round regardless of what happens. I think he could, yeah, and I, I think he would. Um, and I, my parting words on the Titans is I wouldn't be scared of them even with Derrick Henry, not one bit. Uh, the Chiefs are by far the best team in the AFC right now, and I love them. I know we lost let's our bet on them last week, but we shouldn't let's have remember. Them. Let's remember the Titans have the head-to-head against the Chiefs. They beat them outright with Derrick Henry in the lineup. So, uh, Yeah, they do, but what was that, like three months ago at this point? It was the end of September. <laughs> it was the start of the season. Exactly. The Chiefs are a much different team than they were at the end of September. Uh, so I am fully riding the Chiefs. I think we gave them out. What, what the hell odds were they at? They were 25-1 to 1 to win the bowl. Uh, whenever we were looking at them, they might this have is, been, yeah. When they were at the at the peak of their their might struggle. have even been higher than that. Yeah, really the low the low point, not the peak, but the low point. The low point of the season before they rattled off eight straight. We, you and I we were hopping on them. We said if we the Chiefs the back pocket, yeah. We, if you're we, gonna we, buy the Chiefs right now is the time, and we both pretty much bought into the Chiefs. Um, so let's look at that other game though. Let's look at Texans Titans. Look ahead line was minus ten, so it's currently minus eleven. So it hasn't really changed much because they were gonna need to win this game anyway. Um, the Titans, like you said, they live and die by the run. That's, that's their bread and butter. Tannehill, Tannehill does enough to get them back. I hate that term game manager because there is really no game managing quarterback anymore. But he kind of is that game manager out of force because they haven't had these weapons and he just hasn't been able to push it down the field. The Titans have played the toughest schedule of anyone in the league as far as run defense. They've played uh, – it's the number one toughest and the Texans' run defense is horrible. So that bodes well for them. I imagine they cover this 11. Um, I'm not going to bet it. I'm going to stay away from this one because especially if the Chiefs lose, then who knows, this line might fall to six or, or five right. or something. And they might not even try because it, it right. really I'm doesn't not, matter. I'm actually surprised because uh, the NFL schedule is for times isn't released for week 18 until I think they did this Sunday night. Sunday yeah. They did it Sunday after the night. games. And you'd be, you'd think with these two teams having so much on the line with how one does against the other, it should be at the same would, time. They would put them at the same time. It so should be at no the same way. time. 
So you, you have, it, it'd be the best product for the NFL, but again, they make questionable decisions all the time. So Their scheduling like, is so bad. And, and this is just a prime example of it. I, I can't understand, like the Chiefs must be fuming. And again, they're not going to care because they're going to say, oh, we try to win anyway. But man, this, this is just, it's no good. It's like the equivalent of them a couple weeks ago, putting those two games on a Tuesday night at the same time both on Fox, so we literally can't watch the two. It's insane, the stuff. I mean, you have, you, have, you have no problem with the games being on Tuesday. Obviously, it's the world we live in right now, and you kind of have to make some You have to do it, and I, I actually enjoy five. it when they're on but Tuesday. you could easily have made one game at four and one game at seven. Sure. If four and seven's ideal. You can put them both on run Fox. back-to-back. Back. That way you can put both on Fox. They get six, six seven hours of runtime back-to-back. People mm-hmm. are going to watch the games. Do you remember the Ravens-Steelers Tuesday game last year? Do you know what time that game kicked at? Uh, it had to be like 3 o'clock. 3.40 o'clock. Eastern Standard. Noon. 1 o'clock on the West Coast. And, and it, it was fine. Yeah. People watch it. And I understand. People are at work or whatever. You'll figure out a way to watch it if you want to watch it, right? Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, people, at that, it's, it's late afternoon. It's, there's sports on. You're going to find a way to watch the game. You're going to find a way to watch it. Or stream it or GameCast or whatever you do. Do whatever you got to do. NFL, do better. I know Goodell's out there listening to this cast, um, so do better. Something they did do better with, though, was making the Sunday night game because there's no Monday night game this week. So the last game on the slate, Sunday night, it's Chargers-Raiders. This is essentially for uh, a playoff spot and a likely matchup with the Chiefs. I know if the Chargers get in, if the Chargers win, they are the uh, seven seed, so they would likely play the Chiefs in the two seed. If the Raiders get in, I don't really know because they hold a tiebreaker over um, – I forget who's up above them in the standings. But they hold a tiebreaker, so they might be the sixth seed if they win. Um, who is that over? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to check right now. The Colts. It's the Colts because they just beat the Colts. So if they win, they hold a tiebreaker over the Colts. And the Colts become the seventh seed. We get Chiefs Colts, and the Raiders become the sixth seed. And I think we'd end up Bills uh, Bills Raiders would be most likely matchup. I think that's the scenario. Yeah, um, I'm, just, I'm trying to scroll through now. So cause... the look ahead on this was two and a half. Chargers favored by two and a half. Um, it's, it's, it's three, now it's minus three, three right now. It's three right now. Yep. It's now minus three. It's in Las Vegas. Uh, this one is a gimme to me, and this is not to skip ahead. This is one of my locks there's not a chance the Chargers lose this game. These two teams are not in the same hemisphere. I know the Chargers have fallen off a bit, but look at the Raiders' recent schedule, right? They beat the Colts, who Carson Wentz didn't practice for an entire week. They beat them by three, and Carson Wentz sucks. They beat um, the the Browns by two on a last-second field goal on one of those rescheduled games without yeah. Baker Mayfield, and they beat Drew Locke by three in the Browns. You're not going to impress me with this Raiders team. The Chargers are just better. And that's who I'm picking laying a field goal here. I think it's a steal. Yeah. The only reason I'm staying away from this game is the charger charges are on the road. Um, yeah, but they're always on the road. They, they, they never have a home game. Yeah. But still it's the, the Raiders do have a home fan base. That'll be, they do. Gonna come I mean, that's that stadium helps them. Could, could be a problem there. Um, I do like the chargers pick, but I'm staying away from this game. Personally, I want to sit back on Sunday night and just see these two teams duke it out for a playoff spot without any any stress or strain on my already uh and that's fair hair hairline head um 
That's fair. I, I don't feel confident in either team. I know, I know you love the Chargers. You've been preaching I, I love the Chargers since the get-go. I just – I've seen too much inconsistency on a team that should easily be 10-6, and 11-5 right now. I mean, they should be better than that. They've lost a couple stinkers, and they're not maybe as good as we thought they were in October. Um, but come on, man, they're better than the Raiders. And the reason I'm taking this now at the three, I think we're going to get – we're going to see the public get beat up a lot on Saturday and Sunday. And the money's just going to pour in on the Chargers with people chasing Sunday night. This is going to get to three and a half. Uh, and a road team laying three and a half or four. That's what I want to stay away from. So I love this at minus three. Little side note, this could be – I don't know if you've been hearing the chattering of this. This could be a potential uh, NFL league killer because, in theory, if they tie, they both get in. I did see that. And, and so if these quarterbacks just take knees the whole time. That would be an absolutely hilarious – thing to see on tv prime time i imagine goodell has has told them you can't do this right i i don't know i i wouldn't be surprised to see anything at this point we've seen because just the, about, we've seen just about everything this season i mean we saw antonio brown leave no oh, how about that big huh? game on sunday nearly cost me a fantasy championship because i had him in my flex uh, could have easily started Rashad Penny, who put up 31 points and two no, tutties. Um, would have would have put that in the bag, but no, I had to sweat it out. But I mean, both teams want to make the playoffs. I mean, the funniest scenario is that they both kneel for 60 minutes. They go to overtime. There's like a minute left, and then whoever has the ball starts to try to score, right? And they're like, be, Screw that, you. Would be, "That would be an absolute <laughs> dick move." It, it would be, and and again, I don't think this is going to happen. I think they're both going to try to win, but. I, there was a scenario like this a couple of years ago. It might've been like six years ago, but it was the lions and the Packers and, and they were in the same boat where if they just tied, uh, they both would have gotten in and it didn't end up factoring in at all, but it's, it's a funny scenario to think about. Um, one more that, that affects seating and, and NFC playoffs Rams 49ers look ahead line was Rams minus six and a half. It's down to minus four. So the sharps have come in on the Niners plus the points basically because the Rams are 0-5 in their last five against the Niners. Um, Shanahan supposedly owns McVay, right? Um, and the 49ers basically have to well, – they don't have to win to get in. Uh, they can win – they can get in if, if they win or the Saints lose. But the Saints are favored over the Falcons. So you're thinking the 49ers have to win to get in. Uh, this one's very dependent to be on who the quarterback is. If they have Jimmy G behind the helm, I am afraid of the 49ers. If they have Trey Lance, I couldn't be afraid less of the 49ers. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm really not sold on Jimmy G as much as you are. Um, the Rams have been – I'm sold on him more than rookie I know you, Trey you're Lance. Sold on the, you're sold on the Rams too. And I think that they can't really move up too much where they're at. And, uh, well, uh, the important thing for them is they can secure the two seed. If they win, they're the two seed. Right. If they lose, there's a chance they drop the division and they go all the way to the five seed. Right. And yeah, I guess you're right. Um, Stafford, he's been turning the ball over quite a bit. Uh, recently. Way too much. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's almost a, I should have just put in as a lock that he's going to get intercepted. He's going to get intercepted at some point on Sunday. It's, it's been, it's been as cake as the Steelers first quarter unders all season. So ah, there you go. But well, I don't know. Uh, I'm staying away from this game as well. I just, I, there's too many question marks. I'm, on the Niners side for me to be able to make an accurate pick. And I think that the Niners are the home team for this, right? Or is it in? No, it's in LA. It's in a, Ooh. Oh, um, in LA. So they're laying four in LA. Yeah. That makes, I mean, it makes a difference, right? But the fact is we can't bet it unless you know who the quarterback is. 
And if you know who the quarterback is, the line moves one way or the other. Of course. So I'm this, staying this, away. This may be – I'm assuming this is a 4 o'clock game on Sunday, so you, you can wait. It is. You, you can, can wait. wait. You can wait and see what happens, and the line's going to move. But, you know, you, you could see what happens. Um, but the thing for the Rams is two things. One, Stafford has been awful in the first half. He has been fantastic in the second half of all these games. So if they can get off to a decent start, uh, they'll be fine. And that, that's what I just hope that McVay is, is doing this week because he's a smart coach. He's one of the, the better coaches in the league. Um, and I, I hope he's implementing something where they get off to a better start, a, a safer play script to start. They don't need to be throwing Stafford into double coverage down the field. Um, you know, run the ball a little bit more, use cup on a couple of these out routes, shallow crossers, stuff like that. Get Stafford rolling out of the pocket, whatever you got to do. But number two, this game is super important for the Rams because the NFC is loaded. Uh, the Packers are the one, obviously, but then you have the Rams, you have the Bucks, you have the Cowboys, you have the Cardinals, and you have the Niners. And that's six teams. And if you play that seventh team, who could be the Saints and Taysom Hill, that's huge because that's as close as you can get to a bye week versus if you're the five seed, you got to play the Bucks, you got to play the Cardinals, or you got to play the Cowboys. And I don't like that. I don't like that on the wild card week. So this is this is huge for the Rams. Yeah, I'm just I, I love the I love the Packers position here. They don't have to do anything this well, week. Well, the one seed is ideal, of it's, course. It's cake. It's it's ideal, but um, I think this is a three team race in the NFC. Mm-hmm. So the, pa- the the Packers. Hold on, the Packers. Yep. Obviously, I I got to put the Rams in there. I don't know if you put the Rams in there. Yep. Okay. Uh, until proven otherwise, the Bucks. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Well, and I, I probably feel the same way because the Cardinals don't scare. They're not going to win anything. Uh, the Cowboys, nope. uh, until they show me that they can win, I, I'm not nope. going to believe it. And Dak has played pretty poorly this past month. Yep. Uh, and Zeke, they, they don't get anything out of that running game. Like Pollard is an explosion every time he touches the ball. And they never give it to him. Zeke's getting um, up there. Yeah, yeah. And then the Niners, I mean, who knows? There, there's just too many question marks. And that whoever's the seventh seed is not going to win. So you're right. Well, it, it probably is. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's a three-team race in my eyes, um, and I just it, – it's going to be an interesting how it plays out. I just – I don't know. I don't know. And, again, I'm staying away from the Niners and Rams, too, just because too many questions. Yeah, I think we mind. agree. So – but it's going to be a great game nonetheless. And I think we agree that that one's a stay away. It should be a nice game. Um, looking forward to it. I always like when there's good coaches going against each other. That uh, that Cardinals game with uh, Kingsbury and, and – um, um McCarthy going at it was like two bozos going back and forth I I can't can't stand watching some of these games and it's funny because we talk about this all the time these coaches are obviously you know smarter than us and they know more football than us but do they because if you and I can see the shit on the sitting on our couch shouldn't they be able to see it at some point right doesn't that infuriate you Eh, whatever yeah I mean but they're getting paid (laughs) millions of dollars to do that and we are getting paid absolutely nothing except with our winnings that's except our winnings we're paying ourselves. Uh, two coaches that do know what they're doing, Ravens and Steelers. This is the last kind of prime game, prime time game I want to talk about. Um, Harbaugh has been great all year. Tomlin's been great all year. Look ahead line was Ravens minus six and a half. It's down to Ravens minus five. Um, I don't know that I care to bet this game very much because I think one of these teams will really show up and one of these teams will implode. And I don't know which is which. You could convince me either way. Um, the Ravens have a 2% chance to make the playoffs. The Steelers have a 5% chance. So neither one of them's probably going to make it, but they're both going to compete and they're both, you know, hard grizzly teams and they're going to try to win. Um, the only bet that I'm placing on this one is the same bet I place every single week, which is the quarter one under total points for the Steelers. 
I have not kept track of how many times this has hit, but I feel like I text you every week that the Steelers game has gone under the quarter one total. I hit it on Monday night. I hit it on Monday Monday night. It was nine. They didn't score a single point in the first quarter. Um, I bet it every single week for two years, and I I can tell you I'm in the profit. It's seven and a half for this game. Going under that, other than that, I have no analysis. Is is Lamar playing? I don't know if he's playing. We don't know. We don't know. For for what it's worth, I won a consolation fantasy bracket championship starting Lamar the last three weeks, and he hasn't played once. So I've I've won three straight games without a quarterback. That means absolutely nothing. But (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say – in my in my humble opinion here, you go down to the subway I by think, yourself. I think for the that. Steelers are going to try to get Big Ben in the win column in his last game. Um, oh, I'm sure they are. They, I I like I like the Steelers with that six and a half line. I think T.J. Watt shows up, and I just I don't know. Lamar's a big question mark. It's five now. It's five now. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. I'm sorry. Look ahead with six and a half. Even at, even at five, I, I think it's going to yeah. be a three-point game. So I'd still take the yeah, Steelers. Yeah, well, it usually is. And, and a couple, you know, whatever it was when a month ago when they played, I took the Steelers. They were plus five again uh, to the to the Ravens. Yeah, and these, that teams, was these, these teams don't like each other, and they're going to play very close. They're going to play hard. The total's 41 and a half. I don't know. Probably go under that, I guess. Just just take the under in these that. games. I'm not, I'm, I'm not touching it either. Um, but good for them. Speaking of scheduling mishaps, they really goofed not putting this week 18 game at home for Big Ben. Because uh, last week last week was was awesome for him getting to finish that out in a night game with a kneel down in the Three Rivers. Uh, and for us to profit on it and for me to win, I, th- I think I had five separate bets on the Steelers at different lines. I got a minus two, minus one, money line, plus three, whatever it was. There's no way they were losing that game. Not a no, not especially not at home. Uh, they were going to make Big Ben go. And they never with. trailed. They they were up the whole game, and there there was really never a doubt that the the Browns were going to come back in that one. Right. Agreed. Um, let's move on to locks. So week 18 locks. We have 39 total locks, which means we have done this for 13 of 17 weeks. Sorry for the four that we missed, but I think that's pretty good for our first season of podcasting. Here we got 13 weeks of pods. Um, yeah, we're still we're still locks. trying to we're still trying to figure out the kinks of everything and, and, we're, and see we're, how this works. We're doing works a pretty good flies. job. In 2022, we're going to get even better on this show. Um, yeah. But I am 26, 12, and one through the first 39. Uh, Burke, I, I don't know if everybody wants to mute their ears at home. 14 and 25 on his locks, um, so not so hot. But that's all right. We're both going to bounce back this week. I'm going to group my first two locks into one summary here because they're both the same game again limited games to choose from this week because you really want to play with the teams who matter I'm taking the Chiefs to lay the points so Chiefs minus 10 and a half if you can get them at 10 I'm checking right now it's yeah it's still 10 and a half if you can get them at 10 take them at 10 obviously but 10 and a half is fine I think they blow this one up and open uh, and I'm taking the Broncos under 16 and a half total team points you're gonna say ah oh, it's a little hooky you don't get the 17 um, I don't care I don't think you're gonna need it I think that they go well under 17 or 16 and a half points um, you're going to have to show me that Drew Locke can score two touchdowns because I don't even think he can score one. And the Chiefs' defense, other than last week, has been sensational. So the Chiefs' offense has been clicking, uh, and the Chiefs' defense has been clicking, and Drew Locke is horrible. The Chiefs are uber-motivated to win this game because it's first on the slate. Chiefs win huge. Chiefs win 31-7. Book it. Yeah, I, I like the picks. And, again, they get to set the precedent on what happens with Tennessee and it puts a lot of pressure on them if they can come out with a big win. Um, I'm actually picking a game here that means absolutely nothing to the playoffs. Uh, I'm taking the Vikings minus three and a half at home versus the Bears because I think the Bears stink. And I think Kirk Cousins plays pretty well in his uh, season finale this year. Is he uh, playing? 
I, I, I'm not sure, but I think he should be able to clear COVID protocols this week, if I'm not mistaken. Regardless, I like the Vikings at home here because the Bears. I yeah, just, apparently he will start. You're right. I do not like at all. Yeah, I don't like the Bears either. They're they're awful. Um, yeah, I think this is this this is probably the last hurrah for Matt Nagy as a coach. Oh, as it should Chicago be. Bears. As it should be. I don't know if you yeah. follow Mike Wilbon on Twitter at all, but he's obviously a diehard Chicago yeah. guy, and he's tweeting every Sunday um, about just how awful Matt Nagy is, about how awful the Bears are. And he's right. He's right. It's just the situations that he puts this team in are so bad. There's just no way Justin Fields is going to succeed on that team this year because the team is so bad, and the decisions they make are awful. No, he's not the right coach for Justin Fields, unfortunately. No. They, they need a young guy who can come in Correct. and run the spread offense pretty well. I mean, they, well, the big problem is I think Tariq Cohen getting hurt preseason really took away from their dynamic of him being a pass catcher out of the backfield, which would help Justin Fields out quite a bit. Um, but I'm excited to see them, hopefully with a new coach next year, see what they can do in the NFC North. Justin Fields will have a year under his belt. They get Cohen back with David Montgomery, who's been a monster all year long. Um, they could, they could uh, make some fireworks next season. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting but, division next year, especially with Rodgers going to Pittsburgh and everything. But unfortunately, it's still this season, and they got to play the Vikings. Um, wow, not, not a blink of me talking about Rodgers leaving town, huh? Nope, he is staying. You heard it here first. Keep him, keep him there. Isolate him, him from the first. rest of the world out in Green Bay. Uh, I already gave two locks, so why don't you give your second one? Um, I am taking uh, the Pats Dolphins over 40. Uh, I think the Pats still have something to play for, potentially win the division, I, I think. Uh, they could. Buffalo has to lose, and they have to win. Yeah, so that that's, they're going to be playing well. And weird things happen when New England plays in Miami. Um, so I'm expecting Miami to score some points. I'm expecting the Pats to fall out. Mac Jones has been playing very well the last uh, month of the season, really getting this team primed for the playoffs. Uh, I think this shoots well over 40 into the 46-47 range. Uh, could be seeing this hit early part of for a fourth quarter. Easy, easy bet. All right. I, I'm kind of leaning the other way on that one. I know we talked about a little, a little bit about this off air. Um, I kind of like it. I have it under 41 in my own uh, time card. So it's, or I'm sorry, under 41. Uh, so it's gone down a little bit from my bet. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't think the Dolphins offense can show up and, and put up any sort of points because they haven't shown a whole lot. I know they won eight straight games or whatever. They, they just haven't shown any signs of life. Um, and you're right, these division games in Miami are usually pretty tight and pretty low. Um, but I'll be pulling for you for it to get over 40 in that one. Yeah, me too. My, my third lock of the week, uh, we already talked about it a little bit, is the Chargers laying three on the road, Vegas, on Sunday night. I won't belabor it, but the Chargers are just a better team. Um, Justin Herbert has something to prove this year, and, and he can get in the playoffs if he just beats the, the Raiders. And if he beats them, I assume it'll be by three or more. Um, and I think they could win this game going away by 17 or so. The Raiders offense has scored exactly 17 points in three of their last four games. If you're telling me that Herbert can't score three touchdowns, then they don't deserve the playoffs. So give me the Chargers minus three. Again, I'm staying away from this game. I just, I don't know. I, I just think the Chargers have underachieved for what they could have done this year. Um, and I'm just, I'm not sold on them yet, especially going on the road where, uh, the opposing team has literally nothing to lose. They lost their coach midseason. They've been uh, playing with an interim coach who's been really just giving a hard soul into the league. And you got you got a home game for them. Uh, they could they could really play their hearts out and, and surprise some people on Sunday night. Um, my pick is going to be the Cowboys Eagles over forty three. Um, I'm assuming even with if Hertz does not play, 
because they've are the Eagles have already secured a spot in the playoffs. They, I've, I'm hearing they may rest him. You put Gardner Minshew in, he's going to put up some numbers, and I think the Cowboys have the offensive firepower uh, to stay with it. Um, I'm, I, I think they do. Uh, Micah Parsons is on the COVID list right now, so there's a chance he may not play on Sunday. Uh, so there's a potential for a lot of points to be scored in that game in my eyes. I haven't checked the weather yet, um, so that could, all, that could be a big factor. But right now, uh, Wednesday the 5th, I am taking Cowboys-Eagles over 43. All right, so for our locks of Week 18, the final one of the regular season, man, crazy. I've got Kansas City laying 10.5, the Broncos to score under 16.5 team points, Chargers minus three on the road. Burks taking the Vikings three and a half over the Bears in a meaningless game. Pats, Dolphins over 40. Uh, and another game, Cowboys, Eagles over 43. Have you learned nothing from our blindly betting divisional games under in the month of December and January? Because you got two divisional overs here. Obviously not since my record is 14 and 25 <laughs> in locks. Well, we'll see, man. I mean, hey, you never know. These these four teams could come out fire in this week. Hey, uh, and this is this season. this is the, this is the first week 18 in uh, NFL first week history. 18 in history. So you, you never know. Really don't, you really don't know what you're going to get. You're right. Um, so we'll see if that happens. Uh, we'll see if we get a lot of points in week 18. I think we will get a lot of points in this college championship that's coming up. We got Bama and Georgia. They just met a couple weeks ago. Uh, and Bama laid the smackdown on them. They were catching six and a half in that game. Um, and in, in hindsight, why would we ever not take Bama almost plus a touchdown? Uh, also midseason, and I think I pitched it on this pod, actually. I don't remember if you agreed with me or not, but Bama was seven to one to win the title. Anytime you get that squad at plus odds to win the title, they were also plus like 250 to make the final four. Um, you, you have to take it because you're never going to see that again. And, and I think that's kind of what we said a couple months ago. And now they're in the finals, and they're plus three versus Georgia. Um, I know you have some thoughts on this one. I think our thoughts pretty much align. Uh, Bama money line, man. They'll win the game. I, I'm in agreement. Um, Georgia, Georgia has been probably the most consistent team all season, minus the hiccup against Alabama in the SEC championship. But – I was just with a couple diehard Georgia fans on vacation last week. Um, and they're, they are very concerned because they don't know how to get over the hurdle that is Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide, regardless of how good their team is. Now, Georgia has one of the best defenses we've seen in a very long time. Their offense is definitely more than capable. They got their number one wide receiver back a couple weeks ago. Um, he played very well against Michigan. They, they absolutely dominated that game. I was incorrectly wrong on that pick, thinking Michigan could, cont could contend with them on both the offensive and defensive lines. They absolutely got demolished. Um, but until, until Georgia can prove that they can knock off Goliath and whatever monkey that is on their back when they play Alabama – you have to roll with Nick Saban in the tide, especially now. Nick Saban has the uh, the rat poison, is what he dubs it, that he can uh, feed to his team all week. They are still getting points in this game, which makes no sense to me um, after what they did to him a couple weeks ago in a neutral, well, it's almost virtually a home game because the SEC championships play in Atlanta, which yeah. is Georgia's home state. Mm -hmm. This game's in Indianapolis. Uh, I love Bama here. I love the money line for Bama here because it's plus odds. I've taken it twice already. I expect 
a lot more money to come in over the weekend and into Monday. So this, this line's not going to jump too much towards Bama being favored, in my opinion. Um, it may get down to two and a half again. Uh, but right now, my money is on Bama money line. So the money line's plus 125 right now. Would you go as far? You sound pretty confident. Would you I, go as far I, to I, say? I'm not letting this. this is your lock of the year. I'm not. I've already done that, and I was wrong on that. For last um, year, hey, we got a new but, year. New year. 2022. Um, no. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, we're not gonna burn that second. We're not gonna burn it in January, huh? But I I am I on a confidence meter, nine and a half out of ten. Yeah, I mean I'm pretty confident about this too. Um, this feels a lot like the Super Bowl to me, right? The Bucks were plus three to the Chiefs. Um, it, it just feels like betting against Brady and betting against Saban in Alabama is the same thing. Like, just bet on them. And you could well, sleep yeah, like a baby, I, even if they lose. Like you, you picked the right side of the bet. That right? was gonna, that was my thought process last year during the Super Bowl. How how am I going to go against Tom Brady in this scenario? Um, he's had Patrick Mahomes' number for forever. Um, this is very, same thing. very similar, and I'm not going to let Nick Saban get the best of me twice this year. I took Georgia to win the SEC championship and cover that game. It looked good early. Absolutely awful pick. I'm not making that same mistake again. I'm on the Bama money line, um, and I'm going to be sticking with that come Monday night. Game totals 52 and a half, only minus 104 to the over. Can we bet it? <sighs> no. Take the – Take the under first half. Under first half, huh? If How that's come? even possible for college games, I'm not sure. No, it's possible. 26 and a half. Oh, yeah. Hammer the under. Really? Okay. Yep. I think I think the defenses are going to ball out in the first first half for sure. All right. Well, if you like the under, then you like the, the dog even more because um, usually unders lead towards dogs covering. So if you like Bama plus three, we like them on the money line, taking plus three. When is this game? This is uh, Monday night. This, this Monday, right? Yeah, coming up. Coming That's Monday, why there's no NFL the, game. Uh, the 10th, I believe. Yep. Uh, correct, the 10th. All right. Well, we'll see how we do. We're both on the same side of that one. Uh, I'm going to take the over, 52 and a half, just because I'm going to root for – I'm probably not going to actually bet it, but my money would be on the over. They, they scored a lot last time they met, um, so I don't know. Why not? Yeah. Have, and have a little fun. And just, just to go back to your profits. They've statement. had a week off. Well, going back to your profit statement earlier in the year, um, my college football picks so far this season that I posted puts us in the profit line. So a little redemption after the NFL debacle of this year. So uh, we're going to look to end this uh, college football season on a high note and carry that momentum into 2022. There we go. And we're going to carry some momentum right into the NBA season because this is my time to shine. I've been overperforming on NFL picks, so take that as gravy on top of the otherwise perfect NBA salad that I make every year. Uh, I love betting on the NBA. I think it's a very easy sport to bet on, um, and I'm going to say this and knock on wood because I'm probably going to uh, jump off a cliff with my next couple picks, but I'm getting back in the swing of things with the NBA now. I've been watching a little bit more, and there's just a couple betting angles I want to hit on, a couple general NBA angles to hit on. It's favorite season in the NFL or in the NBA, man. Uh, they were four and one last night. They've been around 70% the last couple of weeks, which is crazy. I think like 67 or so um, covering these spreads. Uh, you got to pay attention to who's playing and who's not because these things are so easy to, to see. One of my friends texted me last night. He said, do you like the Raptors tonight? And they were laying seven to the Spurs. 
And my initial gut was, no, I don't like that at all because the Spurs can definitely hang like sevens too much. That line should be four and a half or five. And then I look and I see DeJounte Murray's out for the Spurs. And I'm like, man, that's kind of the cog that makes him go. I think the Raptors could blow this open like by 10 or 15. And they won't be like 25. So you have to look at who's playing. And if, if key guys are out, don't be afraid to take the favorites. The Knicks are one of the teams that I want to take a deeper look at every night for the rest of the year. The last two years, they've been spread monsters. They cover as dogs. They cover as favorites. Uh, they covered in that big primetime Christmas Day game. They covered last night just doesn't seem to matter that they're not a great team as they were last year but they're covering another player that I'm looking to take advantage of betting on and on his team is John Morant because John Morant has been like evolutionary this year the leap that he has taken is similar to the leap that Giannis took last year in playoffs now I'm not comparing John Morant to Giannis as far as Giannis is the best player in the league John Morant is ascending into that elite echelon past the, you know, the Tatums of the world, um, the, the Gobert's of the world, right? Like those guys. I think he's ascending past them into that whatever top 15, top 12 category you want to call it. But the leap is something that cannot be noted because people, the, the betting lines will not adjust to this for a while. All right, so that's something I want to do. Have you been watching much of him? Have you caught much of him? I know you caught a lot of him in college. Yeah, he, was, he, was, he wasn't much of a recruit. Uh, obviously he played at Murray state for a couple of years, but uh, his sophomore year, they, they, uh, they had a monster game in the NCAA tournament first round. I think he had a triple double in that game. He just, he just, his, his mind is so far ahead of the next guy where like he can get his buckets, but he's not afraid to dish it off to guys that are open. Um, He seems to always makes the right read. And when he goes at the basket, he's going in hard. He's trying, yeah. he's trying to, he's trying to take, he's trying to cases. take souls um, with finishes at the hoop, uh, which could get him hurt as he gets older, but I'm surprised it hasn't already, man. You see, these but I think reels he's, he's, he's going to start to learn that he doesn't have to go 110% all the time. And he's good enough player where uh, he can settle for those mid range jumpers or, or draw the, draw the second defender and dish it off for an easy bucket for somebody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he is, he is definitely turning into a top 15, top 20 player if he's not there already. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly taken the leap, and it's been since day one this year. He's been the best scorer in the league since the first game. And it's just like last night. They're playing the Cavs, right? And they're underdogs in this game. So, so it's not like, you know, the Cavs have been a good surprise too. The game is tied. There's 10 seconds left. I watch him drive into the lane against three Cavs. And the Cavs are tall. They got Jared Allen down there. They're not like little dudes that he's driving into. And he just hangs in the air and he finishes. They go up two. No timeout. So like five game seconds and about eight real seconds later, he steals the ball at half court, drives down, puts him up four and finishes tough again. So within eight actual life seconds, he scores four points, two contested finishes at the rim. And he, he feels like he could do that every night. And he's not afraid of the Durants, the LeBrons, you know what I mean? Even, even like the Bucks and the Giannis's. He's going to go at these guys and it might get him hurt, but un- until then – he's going to keep doing it. He's going to keep succeeding. So I love betting on guys like that. And he's, he's only going to get better. I think this is only year three for him in the league. Um, yeah. So he's, he's got to be what, 22, 23 years old. Oh yeah. Um, so he's got, not even. he's not even in his prime yet, which is scary because he's starting to do things that we really haven't seen before out of a point guard in this league before. He's 22. Yeah. Um, so freshly 22. And you look at the guys that, that are like around him, like Trey young, uh, he might be 22 or 23. You know, I know Luca is, is 22. 
Um, but but Trey, he's not as good as Luca, but he's a lot better than Trey Young, right? So well, that's a that's Luka, a different Luka's, difference. Lucas Lucas six seven six eight. Well, they're different players. They're hard to compare. Trey Young will, will, couldn't can't finish like John ja Morant. Morant can. He's just more athletic. Well, well, Ja, yeah. I mean, Ja is on a separate level from Trey, and, and Luca's on a separate level from both of them, and they're different players. But I mean, even you look at like Lamelo, right? Like Lamelo's is he even twenty? He might be nineteen. I don't know twenty. But he is playing the point guard position better than anybody other than Ja that's that age. Um, and I still think Ja Morant's like a level above Lamelo, which is great. And I know it's Lamelo's, you know, he's, he hasn't had the couple of years of experience. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think they're in the same playing field right now. Well, they're not. Like Ja, ja has elevated above that. But I'm saying if you want a comp of a young point guard who's playing well and like getting the most out of his team – it's LaMelo. He's been super fun this year. And that team has been pretty good and, and a lot more competitive than a lot of people thought. So they're similar in their markets. Um, but you see the difference the Jaws made, and they really have something there. The Grizzlies, um, they were never going to win that series last year against the jazz, but he won a game that like, that's pretty big. And who knows what could happen this year? Who knows? And I think they're a better team. He's, he's obviously maturing as a player and Grizzlies always every, every couple of years, they, they, they put formidable teams out there and they, they, they make some scares and some runs in the playoffs. Uh, they they they're going to be they're going to be tough for the next several years as long as they as long as they can keep Ja as the centerpiece of their squad. Right, which which they probably can. Um, so yeah, that'll that'll be fun to see how that shakes out. Now the last thing on the NBA, and I didn't put this in the agenda, but we got to take two minutes and talk about this because apparently my man Stephen A has been going on on ESPN again, bringing up some nonsense about Steph Curry being a better player than LeBron James. And I could talk about this for like hours, right? But I'm not going to, because I'm not, this is not first take. And there's a reason this is not first take. And there's a reason he says that on TV to get people like you and me talking about it and people tweeting about it. And it's obviously he's doing, doing, he's doing his job. It's obviously doing its purpose. And I like a lot of what Stephen A says, um, but this needs to be addressed because this is ludicrous. Steph Curry is a generational talent. Okay. He's a fantastic basketball player. He's got three titles. He's the only, he's a unanimous MVP. He's got two of them you know, three-point record, whatever you want to say, the, the regular season wins record. To compare him, and now I sound like Stephen A. I'm taking these pauses in between these, these deep stents. To yeah, compare him. Your voice is still staying at the same. Uh, yeah, I'm not like um, losing my mind screaming on, on ESPN. Yeah. To compare him to LeBron James is, is unfair. It's to say that Steph Curry is one of the two best basketball players of all time. Because that's what LeBron is. It's him and MJ, and then it's everybody else. The more apt comparison that you're not going to want to hear, but that's more accurate, is Kobe Bryant. Because the Kobe Bryant echelon, which is 10 to 12 all time, is certainly attainable for Steph Curry. But to say that Steph Curry is better than LeBron James, the second best basketball player ever, it's ludicrous. I have no, I have no words to come back to that. I'm interested to see where you stand, because you're more of a Steph guy than I am, obviously. And you defend him a lot just out of like me over-hating on him. But you can't believe this, right? They're two, they're two completely different players. Well, they are, but you still have to compare them sometime, somehow all time, oh, yeah. right? So you're telling me on the all-time list that Steph Curry is, is right there at number two? No, not all time. Of course not. He's top 10, easy. He's not, though. He is. He's you're top 10 all time. You're going to have to give me your top 10 because I do this pretty religiously. You have, MJ, or you, have, you have LeBron and MJ in some order, and that's a clear one and two. There's okay. three guys in the league right now that are top 10 all time. There's one, and it's LeBron. There's three. 
There's one, man. There's three. It's LeBron, Durant, and Steph. All right, well, you're going to have to tell me who you're kicking out then because here's, here's the definitive top ten. LeBron and MJ are one and two, and I hate doing it. Now we are first take. We're making a top that, ten list. It's not in that order, though. That's for sure. It's in some order, and it's debatable who's one and two. It's not right. debatable. Fine. Get out of group here. Group one is LeBron and MJ, and nobody is, is touching that group, okay? Correct. You have Kareem, you have Magic, you have Larry, you have Wilt. There's four more. That's six. Okay. That gets you to six. Then we're looking at, like, Tim Duncan as seven. And then we're getting into, like, the Shaq-Kobe range as far as eight, nine. Okay? And if you want to make an argument that Durant maybe creeps up into that 10 spot somewhere along the way, maybe. Um, I, fe- I feel like I'm forgetting somebody that I usually include because I don't have Durant in this top 10. Kobe. I put Kobe. He's ninth right after Shaq. I, don't, I have Kobe at three. All right, well, see, that's, that's incorrect, too. Kobe's certainly not better than, than all those other greats, but it, that's a different discussion. But if you're telling – so who are, you, who are you booting out of this list to put Steph Curry and Kevin Durant in the top ten? Off, off the top of my head, because I'm the NBA connoisseur, <laughs> MJ, LeBron, Kobe are your top three. Then Wrong, but okay. You got Kareem. Mm-hmm. Shaq. Mm-hmm. Bird. You're missing Wilt. You're missing Magic, Magic. right? Steph. <laughs> I mean, you're Durant. missing so many guys here, though, right? Like Bill Russell, Hakeem Olajuwon. You're like – even Chaz. Chaz Barkley has a shot over Steph Curry. No. Right no. now. No. Right now, he does. No. Big O, Oscar Robertson, how about? No. I don't know, man. It, that that's tough. That's tough. That's a tough sell for me to put. I put Dr. Dr. J rounds out the top ten. I think that's ten. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll cut you some slack on this one. We'll we'll recoup on this one in a couple weeks. We'll see if you change your tune on that. I'm I'm not. I'm pretty confident <laughs> in my picks. Hey, he's confident in his picks, just like he's confident in his locks. Um, but yeah, this this like Steph over LeBron thing is just not not something. Oh, I, I agree with you on that, but I'm 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 disagreeing with you that Steph is one of the 10 best players of all time. He, 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 I he think changed, he Steph, changed the game. Well, he did. And again, for better or worse, I don't know. LeBron changed the game too. On and off court, which can't be overlooked. So number one, off the court, obviously he's the head of the player empowerment era, right? These, these teams forming and player rights and everything forming like that. So that's pretty big on the court. I think he kind of started him and Bosch, the small ball, play with the heat those heat teams were fun man and that started kind of the small center five and also the drive and kick like as it, it's always been part of a game plan but for it to be the center of the offense for him to get in the lane and just find the shit and like the driving kick is now part it's like chris paul with the pick and roll right he's the best at it and now everybody does it so it kind of dovetails off that so i think lebron has changed the game enough too uh just in less visible ways perhaps but all right, so we're on the same also, page. Also, also nice that you're 6'9", 260 and could run over anybody at any point. Well, I mean, that's part of it, though, right? Like, you got to – Steph didn't have those skill sets, and he changed the game. Well, he changed it in a different way, right? Like, what if LeBron was, you know, 5'10", like Curry, and 140 pounds? I'm sure he would be shooting threes, too, because it's the best way to Steph, do it. Steph, Steph changing the game is more drastic than what LeBron did to change the game. Well, it is. It's more visible. It's more, it's more, it's more visible. visible. 
Yes. Yeah, it, it's more visible. That doesn't, I don't, I don't know that do, that Everybody's it doing it. Right. But to say, I don't know, just to say, we, we agree that he's not on the same plane as LeBron James as far as a career arc goes. You can't even, the, the argument to me is, okay, well, what about in six years? if Steph unless, wins? Steph, unless Steph wins three more titles and that puts him at he'd, six. And he'd have to win three more. That's a different conversation at a different time. And he's not going to win three more. I mean, well, to be determined, but LeBron could easily be the all-time points leader, which is unbelievable. Um, and Steph probably won't ruin another ring. I don't know. So that, that argument is, is dead where it is. That's the last time we'll ever talk about Steph versus LeBron. Happy to have this Kobe versus LeBron and, and educate you a little bit on that throughout the history uh, as we get into the NBA season here. But uh, let's move to your forte, college. I have not watched a single shred of college basketball, as I usually do not until about a week and a half before the tournament starts. Um, so what's going on? You winning? Uh, we are, we are profiting. That's for sure. We are above the 52% line, which is great. Uh, have two games tonight. One is not going so well right now. Um, Florida's down 11 with nine minutes to go. They had four points for a very long time. We're down, <laughs> outscored 20 to four in the second half to Alabama. So, uh, hopefully they can make a comeback, at least push this game to overtime and then they got to cover two. Uh, and then I got Iowa state tonight as well. Uh, we split yesterday, but, uh, we are now, hopefully getting over the wave of teams having to postpone games for COVID. Uh, a lot of teams have been just off the last several weeks um, with just different issues, trying to keep the team quarantined and get them healthy. Um, so hopefully with the new year, uh, as we roll into conference play, uh, we don't see as many cancellations and you're going to start to see some really good teams play each other almost every night of the week. Um, there's a lot of parity this year as opposed to last year. Last year, I know Gonzaga was the cream of the crop. Um, you could almost take their bets to the bank every single night out. Again, they're a very good team. They're a very good team this year. Nothing like they were last year, though. They're, they're a kind of different dynamic this year. Uh, they got two monster big guys, um, but they have lost a few games already. Um, and, uh, Right now, we're, we're basically where we left off at the end of last year with Baylor on top. Uh, Baylor has proven to be the number one team in the country. Uh, they just uh, beat an undefeated Iowa State team over the weekend uh, by six or seven points. Um, they lost a lot, but they've, they had a lot of guys coming back. And now that they're in those starting roles as opposed to reserve players, they're starting to prove how good they really are. And so far, they, they've got a top five. I think they're the only team in the country, top five in both offense and defensive efficiency, which is critical come tournament time. Uh, it's one of my key factors in picking games, looking how teams uh, rank offensively and defensively. If they're very close, they're, they're going to be very tough to beat because uh, they can they can lock you down and then uh, score on you at the same time. Um, but I'm really excited to see uh, what happens over these next two months going into March. Um, I really think there's a lot of parity this year. And uh, – should open up a wide range of options for the NCAA tournament with some wacky, wacky things going on. You might potentially see some double-digit seeds again, making uh, some runs deep into March, which is always exciting for all of us. Is it exciting when the double-digit teams win games because then yes, we have to watch these crappy games the next time? Wouldn't you rather yes. the best teams win? Yes, it is. I, I enjoy the upsets probably more than anybody. Do you really? Yeah, see I don't I don't enjoy them because then we Especially I'm, when I especially when I pick them and I know they're coming. 
That's well, probably a good the best. pick. All right, sure. But then, you know, you have to watch, you know, Loyola, St. whatever, play and get their ass handed to them the next game, right? Loyola can play again. Well, they can play up to a certain point, but then they have to play Gonzaga instead of a good team playing Gonzaga or something, and they lose by 30, right? It's part of the game, though. You got to know. You got to know. You gotta win. You got to know who's playing who. You got to win. Who's playing for who. As we and I'm, I'm interested in to get into this discussion more as we get towards the bracket time because the, the bracket is not determining the best team in the country. It's determining the winner of the tournament, right? So there's a big, big difference in that from the best team does not always win. The winner of the tournament is, is decided. Agreed, but it's more so than not one of the top teams in the country that wins the whole thing. Typically, typically it is. But, you know, if you're going to tell me, you know, Baylor is better than Gonzaga last year, that, that's wrong. And I don't even think you believe that. They just happen to beat them. On the title night, right? I had a picket. I had a picket, and I picked correctly, and I won oh, a lot good of for you. because of it. Yeah, good for you. And and I I was close to it. I had a couple Baylor futures over Gonzaga that I cashed out, but ultimately I was on the Zags in that game. But it'll be interesting. This is a good time of year, man, because we're rounding out into the playoffs of the NFL. You know, college basketball is starting to mean something now. It's hard when you get in the beginning of the season, um, and then there's a bell point. But now we're getting you know back towards like the the tail half once you get into February. Um, and, and the NBA is, is obviously moving along to get into February, March there. It's an exciting time. So we want to leave you today as we do all the time with, with a betting strategy or, or just, you know, food for thought as you continue your week without us until next week. Um, when you bet props and you bet these lines, you know, being, being right isn't always the right bet. And I think Burke can echo that just because you get a bet correct doesn't mean it was the wise bet to make. And what do I mean by that? Well, we like to, we don't want to just be right. We want to be right convincingly. So we want to bet the Steelers minus one in a game where they never had any indication that they were ever going to lose or win by less than, you know, a touchdown, right? One of the, one of the guys I listened to, Warren Sharp, he calls these the rocking chair bets. These games that you can just watch from your little rocking chair, coast back and forth, you know, take a little sip of whatever drink you got next to you and not have, a, not have a care in the world. And those are the bets we want to make because over time you make enough of those bets, you win more, and also you're able to kind of stomach more um, than you would if you're having these stressful bets. And the reason I bring this up is because last night, one of my bets that ended up hitting was John Morant over 25 and a half points scored. Now he got to 26. And so woohoo, I'm a winner. I cashed that ticket and I'll still cash it. And I'm not taking that for granted. But I needed him to score the last six points of the game to do so, including 10 in the fourth quarter. That's not going to happen every night. That's not repeatable. That's not a rocking chair bet. That's a edge of the seat. You know those memes when you, you got a gamer and it's like when he leans over, mo, gamer mode engaged? That's what yep. that bet is. You're pulling your hair on the edge of your bed, needing him to hit a game-winning layup and then do it again. And, yeah, I win, but that's not the bet I like to play. So we don't like to play these props to be close. We like to play these props when they're wrong, right? Agreed. And again, I, I'll, I'll, for example, I had uh, Devontae Adams over receiving yards. That was a great pick. And you adjusted uh, it up. Yeah. So I, the, the, the line at uh, kickoff was, I think, 88 and a half yards for the game for Devontae. Uh, and I actually rounded up to get it up plus money with over 100 yards as an alternate uh, total. And he hit that at halftime. Not only that. His first catch of the game within two minutes was 41 yards. Yeah, in, in, in a game where they knew they could lock up the number one seed with a win after what had played out, he was going to get the ball as much as possible. Rodgers yeah. was going to find a way to find him. 
the Vikings were depleted seemed like a very easy bet. And I didn't, yeah. I got, I got to go to sleep early on Sunday night. Boom. Not have to say in the second that's half. A rock, that's better than a rocking chair bet. That's a dream bet. You don't even have to think about it. You set it and you wake up with more money than you had when you went to bed, right? Absolutely. And, and that was a great pick. And I, w- I wish I tailed you on that one and I didn't. I just didn't see it. But you, you had it. You nailed it on that one. Well, I, 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 I trust you probably had some skepticism because of my recent run of NFL picks. Well, I had some skepticism just because I thought the Packers might go up by 14 and then never throw the ball again. Um, but it, they, it didn't matter because he hit it by halftime. So it, it really didn't matter. It so worked. those are the bets that we want to place. Again, we're not trying to t- – if the line is right on a game, like, you know, I, I haven't even looked at some of these, but like the Dolphins and the Patriots, that line should be six and a half or seven. That, that seems right. I don't know what – it's going to end up on one side of those, obviously, but I don't know which side to take. The Chiefs at 10 and a half, I think that's a 17 or 21 point game. I think that line is very wrong. So just because it's high, it doesn't mean it shouldn't be higher. Uh, just because it's low, Steelers minus one, doesn't mean that it's still wrong. That that game should have been Steelers minus six. Right? Well, look, at, look, at the, look at the game last week between the Pats and the Jaguars. That, that line, I think, was like 14, 15 and a half. 16, uh, 16 and a half at the open. Yeah, the, the, the Pats won by 40. Right. 40. That's Correct. one of those. That's one of the bets where I'm like, why can't all my picks just be like that? That's the rocking chair bet, man. That, that's what we want to place. And the more of those you get, the better. So ride with us this week. Ride with us on our locks. Follow along for our NBA and college picks on Twitter. Hopefully Bama's one of those picks. I think this could be one of those picks, man. I don't think they're going to lose this game. I think they're going to be up. And, and best case scenario for us is they're up four or they're up six late because we're winning that plus three either way, man. Well, I'm not on the plus three. I'm on the money line. So I need him to win the game straight <laughs> All right. Up. Well, then best case, they're up 14 late and they got the ball and they're running the clock out then, right? Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the victory formation. The victory formation. The victory formation. Well, I think it could be. Well, we'll be back next week. We promise you when we, we won't take another month off. We'll be back with a new episode next week talking NFL playoffs. We'll see what kind of fun stuff we can do for that. Uh, but until then, follow along on Twitter. We're going to be dishing out picks every day. Uh, and until I see you next time, let's go make some money. Let's do it.